All right. That music means it's time for another episode of this show is all about you. I am your host, J.D.K. Winnikin. Welcome to episode seven for February 22nd, 2021. And uh, today's the title of today's show, which is a show about all the ways in which you and me become we and what that means for all of us. The title of the show today is Just Say Ven. <laughs> and no, I don't mean I don't mean to sound like the count from Sesame Street. Ven. Uh, uh, uh. I mean, Ven diagrams. Just Say Ven. Uh, we're talking today about it's the last uh, the last show for the month of February. I've been talking about different expressions of love. Uh, throughout this month, and today we're talking about community, and it's the uh, sort of the the capstone of this conversation about uh, love this month. And uh, I tend to look at uh, the role of love and community in my life as a series of circles that all kind of overlap with each other to varying degrees. Hence the Venn diagram idea. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. And the haiku to guide us for today. I, I do a haiku for every show. Uh, today's haiku that I wrote uh, goes like this. The circles we draw tell us everything we need to know about love. The circles we draw tell us everything we need to know about love. Larger idea is really in a lot of ways, uh, the various communities that we build for ourselves uh, really oftentimes I think are the things that show us and reflect love back to us the most. And that's made up of a lot of the things we've already talked about this month. Uh, certainly our own self-love is a part of that. Romantic love is a part of that. Friendship is a part of that. And so this is sort of the big picture uh, piece to all of it. Now, I want to start by talking a little bit about my week. I had a really fun week. Now, a lot of my weeks are fun, but this one was fun from a writer's perspective uh, as well as a, a show host perspective. Uh, I've... If you ever want to find out more about my writing, you can go visit my website at wordsbyjdk.com, wordsbyjdk.com. And every Sunday morning, I post something. It's a series I called My Sunday Post. And it's written in long form. It might be a story. Another week might be about a poem. Uh, or I'll be talking about some part of my life. And this week, I wrote a piece uh, about the TV show MASH. And it reconnects to last week's show. You might remember on last week's show, I talked with my friend Stacy Heller. Uh, we ended up talking about uh, the, the friendship in that show between Hawkeye Pierce, played by Alan Alda, and B.J. Honeycutt, played by Mike Farrell. We talked about that as sort of the basis of quality understanding of what friendships can be and what they can be like. So as the week went on, I decided to write about that at wordsbyjdk.com, and I did a larger piece about that, and I put it out into the Twitterverse and the social media universe. And it got a really rapid, positive response. It was really fun. And for a writer uh, trying to make his way in the world and, and build an audience, it was a really cool experience. And uh, so I got a lot of nice, fun feedback about that. So I decided as a way of a thank you that I would stay with MASH this week as my community example. Uh, earlier in the month, I think I used uh, the Love Boat as a reference for one episode Fantasy Island as another reference for another episode, and I did MASH last week. Well, I'm double dipping. I'm going <laughs> to use it again this week uh, to talk a little bit uh, about that. And uh, so make sure if you get a chance, go over to wordsbyjdk.com, click on my Sunday post, and um, the, episode, the piece's title is Choosing Our Blood Brothers. Uh, that's uh, the latest one, so take a look at that. And so in the spirit of that, let's talk a little bit about love and community. Uh, 
On the TV show MASH, the, the focus, of course, is the 4077th. It's the name of the unit. Uh, Mobile Army Surgical Hospital in Korea during the Korean War from 1950 to 1953. And to say it is a... Uh, eclectic mix of personalities on this show is is to downplay that because particularly after season three uh where it sure seems like the producers put together a series of characters who were so distinctly different from one another that it was going to be of course great fodder for writing because so much good quality writing particularly in sitcoms and things like that is around differences in personalities and how people you know make mistakes and understand understanding and all those kinds of things but this show thrived on it. And what was interesting to me about that show, and it's it kind of, we want to take this as, as an analogy for the communities that we have. So as we talk about this, be thinking about what are your communities, the circles that overlap in your life. Right? Some of those could be, for example, could be work. Uh, could be one of them. Another one could be your worship community. Another one could be your exercise community. Uh, another could be for like it is for me, business networking community, uh, there are various ones. So be thinking of those with that. And then let's take the, the analogy of the 4077 to go with that. And I would say that love in community and a successful community that reflects that and feeds all of its members from a loving perspective have both commonalities and significant differences involved. And that's what makes them thrive. That's actually that key tension point, I think, at times that keeps community together. So, for example, the 4077, what are the common, common things they have? Well, common connection as a basis, right? If you're, one of your circles is work, your common connection is work, <laughs> that workplace. Uh, if it's a place of worship, it's that place of worship and that set of religious ideals. 4077, common connection, they're all stuck in Korea. <laughs> and... They're all doing the same job, right? Common goal is another part of community. What's the, what's the goal of a community? In my business networking community, it's to help businesses find more success. Common goal at the 4077, <laughs> get home and save lives. Probably I should put it in reverse order. Save lives and then eventually get home. Another part of it. Common beliefs could be another one. Uh, in exercise communities, Right? The, the belief that everybody has the ability to better take care of themselves, to improve their health. Right? That could be another one. And certainly at the 407 7th in MASH, the common beliefs, they could vary, at least in terms of whether people thought the war was worth fighting or not. But the beliefs that everybody needed to be supported, that everyone needed to be backed up, that everyone needed to be allowed to do their job and trusted to do their job, and then they closed ranks when outside forces tried to threaten that. Uh, that's a common set of beliefs. And then, of course, I suppose you could call that a common front as well, right? Communities are protective of themselves, right? They want to be inclusive, but also they want to protect what it is that they're trying to do. So those commonalities matter a lot. But so do differences. And sometimes this gets, I think, a little sticky, right? Because certainly we all know personalities differ and depending on our own personality depending on how we are on any given day uh, personalities can clash and we've all experienced that in our communities when particularly if two powerful sets of personalities aren't getting along 
that can have a cascading effect over a community. And yet I think it's part of what helps communities thrive or at least grow, sometimes with tension. Uh, the TV show MASH actively pushed this. That's what I really remember um, about that, particularly after season three. At the end of season three, uh, they make some key changes. One of the two key characters leave the show. The first was uh, Colonel Henry Blake, played by McLean Stevenson. His character left the show and actually died. Um, the, char- the character did, not McLean Stevenson. Uh, the character died at the end of the show. It was an all-time shocker uh, end of episode. And he was replaced the following season by uh, Colonel Sher- Sherman Potter, played by Harry Morgan. But also at the end of season three, Wayne Rogers, who played Trapper John McIntyre, also left the show. And so the show had to start season four with two replacing two primary characters. And Potter was one, and Trapper John McIntyre was replaced by B.J. Honeycutt. And what stands out about those two guys was when they came on the show is how different they were in some key ways from their predecessors. Henry Blake was a drafty doctor, just like Hawkeye, just like Trapper, just like B.J. A drafty doctor, not a soldier. Colonel Potter was regular army, as they said. Right? A World War I and World War II veteran, uh, army, down, army down to his socks, as they would say. And so it was going to introduce that. He was a surgeon also, but they were going to introduce that dynamic into the show that had not been seen yet. Up until that point, the most military, quote-unquote, uh, people in the camp had been Major Margaret Houlihan and Major Frank Burns. So I was going to add that in. B.J. Honeycutt, unlike Trapper, who in a lot of ways I think was very similar to Hawkeye Pierce in that they were both, um, they both were big carousers <laughs> and womanizers and all of that. Uh, B.J. Honeycutt was a relaxed, jovial, happily married man and devoted father who was much calmer, much more relaxed uh, than Hawkeye, much more circumspect, uh, much less prone to fly off the handle uh, like Hawkeye could. And so the show introduced two brand new, not just two brand new characters, but two brand new style of characters. So many shows sometimes look to replace when a person leaves with someone who's somewhat similar to kind of keep a successful dynamic going. But the show didn't do that. And this had direct effects on the community because these personalities were so different. And yet... It pushed the show deeper and further as a result than the show had gone in those first three seasons. And uh, if you if you get a chance, uh, season four, episode three is really where we meet uh, Colonel Potter for the first time. Seasons four, one and two talk a lot about BJ and his integration into the show. But in episode three of season four, Potter shows up and he is exactly as advertised. He's regular army. He's ordering certain things to be in certain places where Henry Blake did not want them to be. He doesn't take any of uh, any of Klinger's shtick when Klinger's trying to get out of the army. He shuts that down really quickly. And he, he appears like he's going to be pretty hard-edged and hard on these surgeons for the most part. And yet when they finally get into surgery, right, the big equalizers, they all go into surgery. And Potter's just as good as the rest of them. And when they come out, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. And Potter just says... Boy, he could sure use a belt. And Hawkeye and BJ look at each other, invite him over to the swamp, the surgeon's quarters, and they end up having drinks and talking the rest of the night. And they connect over their shared sense of humor 
and uh, their shared seriousness about what they do. And at the end of the episode, Potter's eased up on Klinger a little bit, and you can tell there's a kind of a new vibe uh, in town with that. Another episode that kind of illustrates this, like the differences in personality that pushes the community to become stronger, happens a few seasons later. And it's an episode in which steadily over time, every major character, and pretty soon the whole camp of the 4077th, ends up at Rosie's bar. And Rosie's is right down the road from the camp, and it's a, a, a local runs it. And they all get there, and, and BJ and, and Hawkeye are leading the charge on this, and they actually declare it to be a, an independent nation called Rosie Land, and they make a flag that's somebody's boxers and all this kind of stuff. And pretty soon everybody's there. And then towards the end of the episode, Potter shows up angry because he doesn't know where everybody is. And he pulls Hawkeye and BJ out and says, you know, I give you guys a lot of leeway because you're not soldiers and because you are who you are and you're so good at what you do. But, and I'm paraphrasing here, he says, if you don't take basic orders, then I've got nothing. Then I can't do anything with this. And they, they both are very chagrined and they apologize to him. Potter's not all that happy about it, but there's no easy resolution to that. And yet what it does is it, it took the show in a deeper direction where it challenged those two main characters to actually give more to their commanding officer than they used to. When it used to all be with Henry Blake, they just kind of worked in spite of him. Right? In this case with Potter, they need to work with him. I use those examples because in my experience, at least, that's how communities work at their best. You know, it's easy to, particularly loving communities, to want it to always focus on all the things that make us feel good about ourselves and good about what we're doing. That's certainly important. But the best communities, it also seems to me in my experience, are the ones that can push us beyond our comfort zones. And that can be because of differences in personality and differences in opinion. And that's okay. It can be kind of sticky at times, but like those examples I gave you, they can be difficult, but they can lead to deeper relationships. By the end of the show in season 11, uh, there have been so many examples of how Potter and BJ and Hawkeye in particular all work together so well, despite very distinct differences. And there's a deep love among three men who are very different from one another. And that's really powerful uh, in pursuit of those commonalities. So, for us with community, let's kind of take it to, to our, our own experience here a little bit. Uh, the best place to start sometimes when I think about community is, is where we all experience our first idea of community, and that is our family, or what can be called our family of origin. I talked about that in my piece uh, yesterday. Uh, family of origin, the family we're born into, the one that when, as we are children, we sort of emerge into consciousness in and we just, we were there. We didn't have any say in it when we were brought in and that, that there we are. It's its own community. What are its commonalities? Shared origins, shared culture, uh, shared relatives, maybe a set of shared beliefs or uh, locations where they live, that type of thing. And as we all know, in families, that dynamic can be interesting. Think about the times you have your whole family community together. Holidays, for example, right? Everybody talks about the holidays, like thanks, families, you know, family dinners around Thanksgiving, that type of thing with, with a little bit of humor and a little bit of trepidation because you have a lot of different personalities all in the same place. 
and you have a lot of strongly held opinions about what's happening within that community. And that's sort of the, the crucible in which we learn about community. And then we start adding more communities to the mix, right? what I would call our families of choice. Key part of family of choice, of course, are our friends, our closest friends. They're the ones who uh, individually, at least, can come from a number of different communities. And in that one-on-one relationship that is built on that love and respect, uh, that kind of dynamic can be super powerful in, in a family of choice, the people who are choosing to be family. The TV show MASH has that, too. That show constantly refers to the 4077, particularly in the latter few seasons, as being a family more than anything else. And that whole group of people reflects a family that, generally speaking, is all going in the right direction. But like any family, has its own different spots of various dysfunction at various different times and certainly has all the personality clashes that we see in families. And... So then you have the families, uh, you have a family of origin, you have a family of choice, and you have these community circles that you start to lay in on those. And when we come back from a short break, we will talk about some of those specific ones in my life and how all those work and what we can pull from that and how we can wind up this discussion about love this month. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be back real quick on This Show is All About You. Feelings of disconnect are the cause of an ever-surging mental health crisis. Many of us feel apathetic about ourselves, our work, home, and relationships. We don't know how to re-engage. I'm Greg Kuyper of Kuyper Counseling. At the Root focuses on emotional connection and how awareness is at the root of building healthy relationships with self and others. Join me weekly to re-engage with both. At the Root airs Mondays at 3.30 p.m. here on KKNW. Subscribe to the podcast or go to Kuyper Counseling. This is Rob Bates, and I want you to tune in to Don't Ask Me to Talk with Stacey Howard. The show that brings joy from pain, sunshine where it rains. Don't Ask Me to Talk with Stacey Howard. And that's coming from me, Mr. It Takes Two, Rob Tune in. Do what Rob Bass says. Take a listen to Don't Ask Me to Talk with Stacey Heller. That's me. Tuesdays from 3 to 4 on KKNW. To find out more information, check out my website, stacyconnects.com, or text D-A-M-T-T to 55678. You found us. Maybe you've been guided to listen. Alternative Talk 1150. All right, welcome back to This Show is All About You. I'm your host, J.D.K. Winnikin. Be sure to check out uh, my writings at wordsbyjdk.com and uh, be sure to uh, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, just search under J.D.K. Winnikin. You'll find me. Be happy to hear from you. We are talking about the role of love in communities and kind of finishing up a month talking about love. And I've been using the uh, the the great television show MASH as a, a larger example of how I think communities can work. And I left off before the break talking a little bit about how um, families are kind of our first community. And then we add in these circles that kind of create this Venn diagram of our lives. And, and, it, and it isn't necessarily the amount of circles one necessarily has at any, at any one time that can determine the vibrancy and the health and the amount of love in a community. Uh, but certainly over time, 
they do matter. And so as I was thinking about uh, sharing with you some of my personal uh, communities and the role it's had for me, I, I sort of thought back in time. And, and certainly my family is one and, and an important uh, part of my circle. And they've been so supportive of everything that I've been doing, both writing and the show and everything like that. That's a big part of, of my confidence. When I look back in time, I think of things like the churches that I grew up in. My dad's a retired pastor, and so I grew up in churches. And I think of the important people still in my life that are connected uh, back to the churches that I grew up in. And that was clearly a major part of my life then, my community, and they're still a part of my community. It's my larger life community. Uh, Several friends in particular, both from churches in Hawaii and California are particularly close. Uh, another one, when I was in college, uh, during the summers, I was a summer camp counselor in the mountains outside of Los Angeles. And that group of people who were all kind of in one place doing one thing, a lot of intense work over the course of a summer, we bonded pretty tightly in a lot of ways like the people at the 407 7th did. And it is remarkable to me how connected we still are, a group of us, 20 plus years uh, after the fact, 25 plus years after the fact. That's another big circle in my life. Uh, grad school, when I was in graduate school pursuing um, my advanced degrees, my PhD in history, that group of people, we all had those set common things, common goals, common values, uh, common things that we like to talk about. That group of people I've stayed really connected to and really rely on them for their feedback on all the things that I do uh, in terms of talking about history and my writing, those things. More recently, last 10 years, my recovery communities have been absolutely vital for me to discover more about self-love for myself, to learn more about healthy romantic love, uh, to learn really about the core values and needs in friendship, and then, of course, community. Those circles uh, are vital to me. You know, and, and one of the sayings in, in recovery is that the opposite of, of addiction is uh, not necessarily sobriety, it's connection. And connection with other people who can support you. And so those recovery circles have been incredibly important. I mentioned earlier my, uh, my business networking group. I'm a part of a, a local business networking group for small businesses. And over the last few years, they've become a vital circle in my community. And I've gotten a, a great deal of not only professional support and services by working with these people, but many of them have become my friends and have become major supporters of everything I've, I've been doing and that I continue to do. And, uh, you know, including the producer of the show, Stacey Heller, right? and the guy coming on right after me, Greg Kuyper, with At The Root, connected to them that way. That's a really important uh, circle for me. And increasingly, as I write more and I put more of my thoughts out into the universe, the larger community out there of writers is becoming bigger and bigger. Ones that I connect with, even ones that I've never met before, never necessarily talked on the phone with before. The support among people all trying to go in the same direction to write and do it successfully um, and to feel fulfilled in it has been, become more and more of a major part of this. So all of those circles kind of come together in this larger Venn diagram for me. And as I talked about last week, you know, we can have people in our inner circles and then we have steady circles that work out uh, in our lives of, of who people are and the roles they play. And they all have value and worth. And what I want to close up with today is point out how, what that does when we, now that we've talked about community, it brings us back around to where we started. We started with self-love, 
started with the self. What's the role that I play in my community circles? Well, the only way I can play the role that I need to, to be effective in that community, right, to, to be in that community, is for me to show up for myself and for others authentically and to practice the self-care and the self-love that continues to help me grow and connect with other people. Otherwise, if I'm not showing up that way, I'm not going to be able to benefit fully from the circles of community that I have because I won't be as open to it as I would be if I were just bringing my true self to all of that. So all those things fit back together. We talked about four things over four weeks. None of them disconnect from one another. And all of them, interestingly enough, besides myself showing up authentically, require other people doing so as well in order for my own health, the health of my individual relationships, and the larger communities I'm a part of to continue to grow. And so to me, that's the the amazing part about love in general. It is really the fuel that drives us in a lot of ways. We can have big debates over, you know, the nature of humanity and, and everything between nature and nurture, but it sure seems no matter where we come down on that part, that love is this common connector over time. What we'll be talking about in the months ahead, I'm going to be picking some other topics. I haven't chosen next month's topic yet. I'm still debating on that. If you have any ideas of what you'd like to hear about over the next month, please, again, make sure you hit me up at wordsbyjdk.com or on one of my social media feeds, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, and share your ideas, and I'd be happy to talk about them. So I'll let you know next week uh, when, what we're going to be talking about next month. And so thanks for uh, joining me on This Show is All About You. Look forward to seeing you next time. And until then, chins up, everyone.